With your anointing and let your spirit have liberty, hallelujah, to touch, to heal, to deliver, to encourage, to bless. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor, say, not a single sparrow. Not a single sparrow. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last month, last month, about maybe three weeks ago, on Tuesday, November the 15th, there was an article in a lot of newspapers and online news sites, and it stated that experts believed that the world population had just reached that next uh, digit of 8 billion people. 8 billion people. We talk about billions so much that we forget how large a number that really is. But that's 8 followed by 9 zeros. The experts believe that sometime on Tuesday, November the 15th, the world population grew to 8 billion people. I can remember growing up in the early 70s when they were talking about 2.6 billion people. So in my lifetime, the world population has more than doubled. If we were to put it in terms of dollars, it would mean I could give 8,000 people, I could line up 8,000 people and give each of them a million dollars. That's what 8,000 uh, million is, or 8 billion. It's really 8,000 times a million. That's how big a number. And that's what they said was the world's population sometime in November that it crossed that line. And you know, when I was younger, I used to think when it was only 2.6 billion or 3 billion, God, how do you know every single person? How can every single person have a relationship with you when there are so many billions? There are churches that are so big that everybody doesn't know everybody. We don't have that problem yet. Amen. Amen. We don't have that problem. I think I know most of you. Amen. I might be a little jet lagged, but I do know you. But there are churches where it's only in the thousands and the pastor can't know everyone. Yet the Bible makes it plain that God knows every single one of those people. And I used to, in my mind, try and say, well, Lord, you know, Satan would come and give me that doubt. Well, he doesn't really know you. He, he picks certain people to know. You know, it's from the Bible, it would seem that that's how God operates. He picks certain favorites. He has his favorites. He, he picks a Moses or he picks an Abraham and he gets to know them very well. But the other untold millions or billions, he doesn't really know them. He picks a Noah. He picks, as I said, a David and has a close relationship and they have one-on-one -on -one together. But my issues, my troubles... When I pray, does God really pay attention? Is there 8,000 million people on this planet that he knows every single one? You know, that's the thought that used to come to me and, and maybe bother me. You know, there was a comedy movie a few years ago called God Almighty, in which Jim Carrey was given the power to become God for a week. And what he found out was the prayers overwhelmed him. He couldn't deal with the number of people that were praying. And you know, the devil would say to me, can you think that God could actually hear every single prayer that's being prayed, even though maybe of those 8,000 million people, maybe only, maybe only 2 million are praying. 
At one time, you know, they will say, no, he can't hear your prayer. He may have had that conversation with you telling you, God doesn't really hear your prayer. He doesn't really focus on you. He has his favorites. He speaks to pastor or he speaks to this one or he chooses this one. Does he really hear and know what's going on in your life? Because sometimes it seems as if he doesn't. It seems that he doesn't answer us right away. Does he have a prayers list? Is it prioritized? Does yours go on the bottom pile? Is that why you're not getting your prayers answered? In the movie, it was something like that. There was a list he had to go through. And if that was the case, yeah, I could understand. An 8,000 million uh, long list would be a long, long time getting answered. Does, does that how our prayers go? Does it go on a list? Is he having problems keeping up? In the movie, Jim Carrey couldn't, couldn't manage the job. He couldn't manage the job. He got overwhelmed by the number of prayers that were coming in. He couldn't deal with them. So he just started just answering any old how. And of course it turned into a mess. Chaos. But my God is not like that. Turn to your neighbor and say, not a single sparrow. Not a single, you know what the Bible tells us? Jesus himself said, not a single sparrow falls to the ground that your heavenly father isn't aware of it. Not a single sparrow. In fact, I started to study upon this because the the world population, they say, is about 8,000 million. But what's the population of the birds? How many birds are there? And I looked this up. Yesterday, it said in a 2021 study, there were about six birds for every human being. That means that there is about 50 billion birds. Turn to your neighbor. Not a single sparrow. You know what God is saying? Even those 50 billion birds, those 50,000 million birds, not one of them falls to the ground that your heavenly father doesn't know it. Not one of them loses his life that your heavenly father doesn't know it. He says to, can, can you, can you uh, uh, be clothed like the lilies of the valley? You know, they don't go and shop at pick and save those birds. They don't say, oh, it's too late, it's closed. I missed it. No, yet God provides for them. What I'm trying to tell you today, no matter how alone you may feel in this season of plenty of cheer, no matter how uh, discouraged you might feel, God is listening to your prayer. God hears your every word. Not a single sparrow falls to the ground that your heavenly father doesn't know it. Now in the book of Luke, it tells the same story, but this time it's doubled up. In Luke chapter 12, verse 6. You know, sometimes they have a deal. You, you buy five and you get a discount. So in Luke's version of it, he's got five sparrows for two cents. So you get one free because you bought five. And not one of them is forgotten before God. Think about that. The, the world scientists say there are 50 billion birds. Luke is telling us through Jesus that not one of them is forgotten before God. He brought Abram out of the tent one time and he said, look up at the stars, Abraham. Do you know that I know every single one by name? I make each one of those things twinkle. I make each one of those move in precise paths. And scientists have looked at the sky and they they can't even number them. 
It's billions and untold billions. So what I want to tell you that not a single sparrow falls to the ground. Your heavenly father doesn't know about it. Then he goes on to say, aren't you much more valuable than a bird? Don't let Satan deceive you today. God knows your situation. God knows what you're going through. God is listening to your prayer. In fact, it was Jesus himself who said these words. He knows what's beyond of ourselves. He knows when it's the end of our rope. Billions of birds die every day. And Bible says God knows every single one. Not even a single sparrow. Jesus went on to say again in Matthew, Aren't you more valuable than any of these? Aren't you more valuable than than a bird? Aren't you more valuable than an ant? He knows even the very number of the hairs of your head. Now I'm losing some of mine and Brother Damien has decided to get rid of all of his. Not to pick on you, but when, when we were born, God knew exactly the number of hairs on our head. There was no doubt about it. Amen? There was no doubt about it. What I'm trying to tell you is do not be discouraged. Don't let Satan feed your doubts and fears. You may have prayed and it may seem that God is not doing anything, but he's listening. So the question that comes is why are there no answers right away? Why don't we hear? What I'm trying to tell you is God does everything in his own time. The Bible says at the appointed time, he came to Abraham and said, at the appointed time, Abraham, Sarah is going to have a child. You may have been waiting your 25 years for the answer of your prayer. You may have thought God is not listening, but he has declared not a single sparrow. Not a single sparrow falls to the ground that he doesn't know about it. You are not forgotten. He has promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He knows you better than you know yourself. He created you for a purpose. With your personality, with all your little quirks and uh, things that you have, God designed you for a purpose. He wants to bless you. He wants to love on you. He told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great. But it was 25 years before there was the fulfillment of that. And it wasn't that God changed his mind. It wasn't that God was a liar. It was really because Abraham didn't obey. Many times when we pray and we ask God for stuff, the first thing we should do is just check ourselves. Have I done what you asked me to do? Have I fulfilled your will? You know, I could ask for money all I want. If God had put it in the bank and I refused to go to the bank, I won't get it. It's not God's fault. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, we see very clearly that God had spoken to Abraham in the past and it took him a while to get going. Sometimes it takes us a while to respond to what God is telling us to do. Genesis 12 verse 1, it says, now the Lord had said, the Lord had spoken to us, the Lord has told us stuff, but the question is, when were we going to do it? Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make thee a great nation. God wants to bless you. God wants to fulfill his love upon you. God wants to give you presents. It's coming up on Christmas time. We all like to receive presents, don't we? As much as we say we don't, we do. 
Amen. There's things we would love to receive. God wants to bless you. He doesn't want to see you miserable, unhappy. But the question is, have you done what he said? It's very clear here that it says in the past tense, God had said to Abraham. That means it took him a while to pack up his bags and start to obey. It took him a while to get going. And even when he did that, he did like us. He partially obeyed. Yeah, I'm leaving Egypt, but I'm going to take some stuff with me. You know, I really like that Egyptian wine. I really like that, that Egyptian stuff that they do there. In Genesis 13, 14, it tells us that it took a while before Abraham did what God had asked. God said, I want to speak to you alone. Leave everything else. You can't take all this other stuff with you. And then ask God to bless it. It wasn't until Genesis 13, 14, and the Lord said to Abraham, after, let's turn to your name, say after. After After you've obeyed, after you've left the stuff behind, after you have fulfilled what God wants you to do, after Lot was separated from him, then God said, okay, now I can really fulfill the promise. Lift up your eyes, Abraham. Look at what you're seeing. Everything that you can see, I'm going to give to you. You see, it took Abraham a while. We, we partially obey. And then we, we want God to do stuff for us. The truth is, we, we're just like Abraham. I'm no different. Sometimes God tells us to do stuff and we kind of drag our feet. Well, okay, but I'm looking at what he's doing. Lord, what about him? What are you talking to him about? Yes, we left where we were, but we did not let go of everything that was there. We brought some doubt on our journey. We brought some fear on our journey. We brought some lust on our journey. We brought some envy on our journey. We brought some talking bad about people on our journey. You got to leave that stuff behind. He said, leave everything in Ur of the Chaldees. It was when Abraham truly was by himself that God renewed his pledge. God wants to renew his pledge in 2023 of blessing to us. He wants to take us to another level. He has said, listen, not one sparrow falls to the ground. Don't doubt that I'm hearing you. Don't doubt that we can have a one-on-one. In my other job, I'm supposed to uh, every two weeks have a one-on-one with all the people that report to me. You know, I'm supposed to go and listen and talk with them and find out what their problems is. But I'm not God. Sometimes I don't do it. (laughs) But God is there waiting for us and he wants a relationship. It's us that are dragging around all this other stuff that we took out of Egypt. We brought some fear. We brought some doubt. We brought some bad gossiping. We brought some envy. We brought some covetousness. We didn't leave that stuff behind. That's why sometimes we feel alone. It's not God's fault that he's not talking to us. As I said in Sunday school, the rich young ruler was so sure he had done everything right. But there were some things that he loved more than God. God is asking us as we go into 2023, just as he did to Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Is there some things you're not willing to give up for God? Are there some things that you put before him in your life? Matthew 19, 17, when that rich young ruler came and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou will enter into life, There's the question. Are you ready to enter into life? 
Are you ready to keep the commandments? Now, he was, he was so full of himself, he said, well, which? You know, he was ready to give the list of all the stuff he had done, all the good things he had done, all the performance he had done. Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Check. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Check. Thou shalt not steal. Check. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Check. Honor thy father and mother. He was checking them off. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got him. I'm good. He even went so far as to say, well, I've kept all of these from my youth. He, he dared Jesus. He said, what thing do I lack then? What, what, do I, what am I missing? Why can't I join your group? Why can't I have the blessing? And you know the story? It says when uh, Jesus told him, well, go give everything to the poor. Shook his head and walked away. You see, it's one thing to want to join Jesus, but it's the other thing to be ready to sacrifice. Because that's what it takes if you want the blessing. God does know you down to your very hairs upon your head. Sometimes Satan wants to say, no, he's, he's not listening to you. He's got his favorites. He only answers so-and-so's prayers. Sometimes you hear about this one having great victories, great blessings. And the devil says, you see, he's not listening to you. You're a small fry. But I'm trying to tell you today, Jesus said, turn to your neighbor, not one sparrow. Now say it like you mean it. Not one sparrow. Not one. Now if he cares about the sparrows and there's 50 billion of them, he said, and he's asking you the question today, aren't you more valuable than a sparrow that's sold in the market for one cent? For one cent? Aren't you more valuable to me? The fact that you can come, the fact that you can worship, the fact that you can love me, the fact that we can have a relay. Aren't you more valuable to me than the sparrows? See, Jesus does know all about us. Satan wants to make us think, oh, he only visits the rich people, the, the powerful, the apostles. The... But you know, in the New Testament, in the book of John, there was a a disciple that Jesus came to know. His name was Nathaniel. John chapter 1, verse 47. And here's the story. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him. Nathaniel had been told about Jesus and he decided he wanted to meet because he didn't believe that any good thing could come out of Milwaukee. <laughs> no, it says Nazareth, but today we would, we would call it Milwaukee. See, many people don't think anything good could come out of Milwaukee. Can there be blessing? Can there be revival? Can there be miracles? Can there be deliverance? What I want to tell you is Jesus knows and he can do it. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no God. He knew Nathanael's personality. He knew he was the kind of person who you got what you saw. He didn't have any hidden agenda. He was going to tell you like it was. He was going to tell you up front if he didn't like you or if he loved you. Jesus already knew who Nathaniel was, even though they had never met. I'm trying to tell you, Jesus knows you. Not only that, he wants you, though, to know him. He wants you to know him. Nathaniel saith unto him, Hey, I don't know you. How come you're telling me all this stuff? Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said, Before that Philip called thee, when you were under that fig tree, I saw thee. When you were on your job last week, 
Jesus saw you. When they were saying some hard words against you, Jesus saw you. When you were feeling sick and down and discouraged, Jesus saw you. When you were feeling like not getting up this morning, Jesus saw you. Not one sparrow. Not one sparrow. Not one sparrow falls. The very hairs of your head are numb. What I'm trying to tell you today is, church, don't be discouraged. Don't think God doesn't hear your prayer. Don't think he isn't working on a plan for your life. Don't think he isn't ready right now to bust out some 2023 blessings. Psalms 139 verse 17 says, How precious are thy thoughts unto me. Oh God, how great is the sum of... You understand what, what the, the, the psalmist here was saying? He, he visualized God just thinking about him all the time. You know, that was John's approach. He, he styled himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. The scripture always has him leaning on Jesus' shoulder. Leaning on his breath. Because he just believed that God loved him. He believed it was him. He was so in belief that God loved him. The other disciples started to believe it too. <laughs> he loves me. He loves me. He probably kept on telling them. He loves me the most. You know when you're a child and you have siblings. You tell them yeah mommy loves me the most. <laughs> Daddy loves me the most. He doesn't love you as much as he loves me. John must have gone around telling all of the disciples that. They started to believe him. When they wanted favors, they would say, you ask him. Ask him what he means. You see, he believed that God loved him. That God answered his prayer. That's what we got to get to today. Not one sparrow falls to the ground that he doesn't know it. You are more valuable than some birds. You are some more valuable than some squirrels. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Do you understand what the psalmist was saying? That God thinks about you more than there are grains of sand. Isn't that awesome? The devil would want to lie to you and think that God is not hearing your voice. That he's not listening because you haven't seen anything happen yet. But wait for it, it's coming. When you have totally left those things in Egypt, when you have totally obeyed, you will see what God has in store for you. So why do I feel so alone? Why do I get so discouraged? Why doesn't it seem to happen right away? Well, there's four things I want to talk to you about. It says, number one, we have not 100% committed. See, the disciples were ready to lay down their lives. In Revelation, it spoke about those who were willing to lay down. They love not their lives unto death. Number two, we're still on enemy territory. We're still in a war zone. You can't have peace in a war zone. You're going to be shot at. Number three, you're carrying the cross. And there will be times when you cry out. Did you know that? You're allowed to cry out. Jesus, when he was carrying the cross... Couldn't bear it himself. In his flesh, someone else had to help him carry it. You understand, it's okay that you're down. It's okay that you're weary. It's okay that you're sad. If you're carrying his cross. If you're carrying the cross, it's okay. In Mark chapter 15, verse 34, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, Why? Hast thou forsaken me? 
It's okay to feel forsaken. It's okay sometimes to feel alone when you are carrying the cross. Now, if you're not carrying the cross, don't come complaining. But if you have denied yourself, if you have picked up the cross, then you're going to have a cross experience. That's what carrying a cross is about. You're going to feel that way. But in Jesus' case, it was because the sins of the world were placed upon him. And he felt just as we do when we have sinned, God forsaken. And yes, sometimes it feels that we're alone. But then in another scripture in John, he said, Yet the Father hath never left me, nor forsaken me. And even though in our flesh we're going to feel God forsaken, let's remember this, he has promised, I will never leave you, nor forsake. If he knows the number of sparrows flying around right now, He knows every time one drops. Certainly he knows your name. Certainly he's ready to pour out upon you a blessing that you can't contain. Certainly he's ready to deliver you in 2023. Certainly you are more valuable than some birds. When I was in England, I went into um, my sister-in-law's house and she has a garden. And she suddenly pointed out to me, look, there's a parakeet. And I thought, this is weird, a parakeet in, in London, England? And she said, yes, someone probably released them and they've started to, to multiply and grow back in, in the garden. Do you understand that God knew that? Not one sparrow, not one parakeet was born that God didn't know. What I'm trying to tell you today is do not be discouraged. If you're carrying the cross, you're going to feel alone. You're going to feel discouraged, but yet you have not been left alone. He had to feel that way. But turn to your neighbor and say, not a single sparrow. Matthew chapter 10 verse 31 says, fear ye not. Don't be afraid. Don't get discouraged. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. Jesus was picked something that was sold for the smallest denomination possible. In our money, it would be one cent. What can you buy today for one cent? Almost nothing. In those days, you could buy a sparrow, a bird. But now, here is the secret. I'm going to give you the secret now. I'm going to give you the secret. Verse 31 says, Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Now, here's the secret why you don't get the answer. Verse 32. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. That is the secret. You want your prayers answered? Are you telling people about Jesus? Are you confessing his name? Are you boasting about him? Are you telling people, he's my savior, he's my deliverer, he's the lover of my soul? Because that's how you get your prayers answered. Jesus said, you you tell people about me, I'm going to tell my Father about you. See, there's a break in the communication here. See, one line is going this way, but the line coming back isn't happening because we're not doing our part. When last did you boast about Jesus to someone? Jesus does stuff for me. I'm his favorite. (laughs) I'm blessed and highly favored. I don't get sick. I shouldn't say that. Well, I'm saying it anyway. Amen. Not because I'm special, but because I'm confessing about him. I'm confessing about him. But whosoever shall deny me before men, 
Him will I deny before my father. It's as simple as that. When have you last confessed to someone that Jesus is your friend? That he loves you? That you have a personal relationship with him? But yet we talk to him in secret. Lord, I need this. This is my list. Lord, can can you fix this for me? The car broke down. I need a job. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me. Now, you look at David, and God called him a man after his own heart. David would dance in front of the whole people. He didn't care. He was going to worship his God. He was a shepherd boy, and now he's made a king. You were a sinner, and now you are made a king. You were a nobody, and now you are made somebody. God wants to boast about you in heaven. If you can stand with me. We're going to finish early today. Here's the reason if you want your prayers answered. It's not that God is ignoring you. It's not that he isn't here. He knows every single thing. He already has it all prepared. He's got the list all all taken care of. He knows who's naughty and who's nice. (laughs) And he doesn't have to ride in a red sleigh or dress up in any kind of, you know, Santa suit. He doesn't need any of that. He can open the windows of heaven. And pour you down a blessing that you cannot contain. That you cannot believe. That you cannot imagine. But there's something you got to do. You got to speak something. You've got to confess. John kept on going around and saying the disciple whom Jesus loved. So much that he, he got the other disciples believing it. It wasn't that Jesus loved him more. But he believed it. What do you believe today? you believe Jesus loves you? Well, even if you don't, I'm going to tell you, he does. In Sunday school today, God said something so amazing in in Isaiah 54. He said, listen, the mountains would disappear. The hills would go flat before my kindness and my love for you would disappear. But love, as I said in Sunday school, is not a steel bar. It can't push. You can't push anyone in love. God's love is like a chain. It can pull, but you have to hold on. It can pull you out of any mess. But you still have, no matter how strong a chain is, if you're not holding on, it does you no good. Don't let, the, let Satan let you give up and let go. You got to hold on. If you will hold on, if you will start confessing, tell someone, God loves me. God loves me. Tell it till you believe it. Because he said, not a sparrow, not a little bird falls to the ground that he doesn't know about it. So he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows more than that. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly the path that you should take. But there's a little thing we have to do first to get our name called in heaven. We have to call his name down on earth. It's as simple as that. Yeah, we can cry when we pick up that cross because Jesus did. He said, why hast thou forsaken me? He expressed humanity. And sometimes we're going to express the same thing. Lord, why? It seems I'm forsaken. Everything is going wrong. Everything is going worse. But don't give up. There is a resurrection. Amen. The Bible said, who for the joy 
that was set before him. The, the cross is not joy. No, that's pain. That's suffering. That's tribulation. But there is a joy in knowing that each season comes to an end. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of much more value than many sparrows. These altars are open. We're going to pray. And I've given you a secret today. Let's see what you do with it this week. You're going to tell someone Jesus loves me? I challenge you. I challenge you to tell someone this week, Jesus loves me. Tell them Jesus loves you. Bible says, whosoever, he doesn't limit it. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess. That means tell me, call my name before men. Him will I confess also before my father. You want your prayers answered? Your name will be called in heaven this week. All you have to do is call his name down here. What do you think about that deal? <laughs> you know, in the commercial they say 1995. Wait, there's more. <laughs> and you get eternal life. Hallelujah. I'm closing this service. But what I want you to remember this week is not a single sparrow falls to the ground that your heavenly father doesn't know about it. That means he knows exactly what you're going through. The pain you're going through. Your very thoughts. He thinks about you. Although it seems impossible that he could be thinking about 8,000 million people. He's God. He's infinite. He has no limit. He's not limited by time and space. In fact, that's why we have eternity. Because the Bible says it's going to take eternity for him to really show us his love. That he wants to pour out upon us. I am closing this service and we're going to pray. We're planning to have a baptism after this service. Amen. Someone is going to confess his name. Someone's name is going to be called out in heaven. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we just thank you today. Lord, that you have given us the answer. All we need to do is to confess your name, to tell the world your love. Jesus, we ask you right now to motivate us, to help us, oh God. Even as we come to you today, Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to help us, Lord God, to believe your word, to understand that you do know everything about us, Lord God, that you have gifts for us. You have blessings for us. You have sustenance for us. You have provision for us. Lord, we ask you right now as we close this service, as we pray for those at the altar, that you will just let your spirit minister to our souls. Lord, that we will leave encouraged that your word will build faith. We thank you right now.